Welcome to the Kindred Church Podcast, where we talk about God, faith, and real life. This is Daniel Childs. I'm the host of the podcast and the pastor of Kindred Church. To learn more about how to connect with our community, check out our website at www.kindrednc.church. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We're glad you've tuned in for today's episode. Now, let's talk about God. Well, hello and welcome to Kindred. It's so good to be with you if we've not met before. My name is Daniel. I'm the pastor here. If this is your first time to tune in with us at Kindred, we are especially glad that you've joined us. And uh, we want you to know that whatever your faith journey looks like, whatever your background is, you're welcome here. Uh, Our scripture reading for today comes from Luke chapter 12. We're going to look at verses 13 through 21. And it says this. Someone from the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus said to him, Man, who appointed me as judge or referee between you and your brother? Then Jesus said to them, Watch out. Guard yourself against all kinds of greed. After all, one's life isn't determined by one's possessions, even when someone is very wealthy. Then he told them a parable. A certain rich man's land produced a bountiful crop. He said to himself, What will I do? I have no place to store my harvest. And then he thought, Here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. That's where I'll store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have stored up plenty of goods, enough for several years. Take it easy. Eat, drink, enjoy yourself. But God said to him, fool, tonight you will die. And now who will get the things that you have prepared for yourself? This is the way it will be for those who hoard things for themselves and aren't rich toward God. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, I wonder if you've ever been through a time when you were worried about not having enough money. I wonder if you've ever been through a time when you were worried about not having enough money. I can remember feeling this way a whole lot uh, right after I found out that my wife was pregnant with our first child. Uh, in the, the years of our marriage prior to that, the, the early years of, of marriage, I didn't worry about finances too much back then. My wife and I were, were both pretty fortunate. We had steady jobs and, and we were in our 20s and everything just felt a little more carefree back then. But then I found out that we were going to have a, a child and all of a sudden I started to worry about money a, a whole lot more than I ever had before. I started to think, you know, I, I don't know how much it's going to cost to add a whole new person to this household. You know, at the time I didn't know how much diapers cost or how many diapers a child was going to need, that that kind of thing. And I started to worry, what if we don't have enough? And all of a sudden I started to worry about the future a whole lot more than I ever had before. Like this child's coming into the world that they're going to need health care. They're going to need clothes and then they're going to grow out of those clothes and need new clothes and they're going to need food and and college for goodness sakes. And, and, And what if we don't have enough. I started worrying about things like, what if down the road I lose my income or my wife loses her income and we got this child depending on us? What what if we don't have enough? That's a a scary question when that comes up. And, And I bet many of you have found yourself with that feeling at one time or another because you found out you were having a child or maybe because you were making a career change or maybe you got laid off from your job or something like that. Maybe you're just somebody who who tends to worry a whole lot about money. Uh, Statistically speaking, there's probably a whole lot of us who are feeling worried about money right now. I saw a report recently, it was this national survey, and it found that about 73% of Americans 
rank finances as their number one source of stress in life. Like more than work problems, more than health problems, more than relationship problems, 73% of us say that our finances are our number one source of stress in life. And I share that just to, to say that if you're somebody who worries about money, you are not alone. If you're somebody who's worried about money right now, you are in really, really good company. And here's why I bring all this up today. Uh, as many of you know, we're in a sermon series right now where we're exploring the, the seven deadly sins. The seven deadly sins. And as we've said in recent weeks, uh, this is essentially just a list of uh, that, that like Christians have come up with through the, the centuries. It's a list of the things that, that most often keep us from loving God and loving others and loving ourselves in the way that God wants for us. Today, we're talking specifically about the, the sin of greed. And what we're going to see is that greed is one of the trickiest of the seven deadly sins. And part of the reason for that is that sometimes, without us realizing it, uh, greed can actually be hiding out within that feeling that we sometimes get of, of not having enough money. And when greed is secretly hiding out inside of that feeling, that's when greed can do some of the most damage in uh, in our lives. And so we're going to look at what Jesus has to say uh, about greed here. And uh, brace yourself because this, this may sound like tough love uh, from, from Jesus, but it's good to remember that Jesus is motivated by love. And everything that he's going to tell us today, he's telling us to, to help us to, to overcome this sense of anxiety and, and worry that we so often feel uh, about money. I know anytime we talk about money, uh, it can be tense. Um, certainly when we talk about money in the context of church like this, it can be emotional for, for all different kinds of reasons. But um, you know what, what we're going to talk about today in my own experience has been really helpful for, for helping me to overcome a lot of the, the financial anxiety that I've felt at different points in my life. And so I think if you stay open and if you receive this in the spirit in which it's offered, uh, this can be very helpful to you in your life as well. Uh, that said, uh, before we dig into what Jesus has to teach us about greed, I think it, it is helpful if we can first clear up a, a very common misconception about what greed is. Uh, if you're like me, you don't often feel like you're a greedy person. I feel like greed is one of those things that I can spot in other people. I notice when other people are, are being greedy, but, but I rarely see greed in myself. And, and here's why I think that is. Uh, we tend to think of greed like this. We, we, we think greed is when somebody knows they already have enough, but they still want more, right? We, we think greed is when somebody knows they already have enough, but, but they still want more. More. I read a, an article recently that was saying that this past year in, in 2021, America's top CEOs made over 250 times more than the average employee in their companies. 250 times more. So these are like the, the Logan Roy's of the world for you succession fans. These are the CEOs that are uh, living in mansions and like flying around in helicopters and, and going to private islands and, and stuff like that. And we look at that and we say, that's greed, right? Because those people, they know they have enough, or at least they should know that they have enough, and yet they still want more, and that's greed. Well, that may be true, but what's missing in that definition uh, of greed, uh, I should say, what's, what's, what it leaves out is people who feel like they don't have enough. In other words, that, that definition of greed kind of exempts us from being guilty of greed when we feel like we don't have enough. 
And let's be honest, a lot of times we, we feel like we don't have enough, right? And so we feel like greed doesn't apply to us. Like once we get to enough, whatever enough looks like, then if we still want more, yeah, then we will be greedy, but, but we're not there yet, so, so we can't be greedy in the here and now. Well, uh, as we're gonna see here, Jesus has a very different definition of what greed actually is, and the definition that Jesus gives us actually can include us, uh, even in those times when we're feeling like we don't have enough. But but what we're going to see is this is actually good news. It's actually good news that Jesus helps us to name this because this is going to give us the, the power to, to be free from so much of the anxiety that we feel about money. Uh, so let's take a look at, at what Jesus has to say here in Luke chapter 12. Uh, this is what's going on in this passage. Uh, one day, Jesus is outside of this particular town somewhere. We don't know exactly where, but he's outside of town and these huge crowds have come out to hear Jesus preach. So Jesus is preaching, he's doing his thing. And then at a certain point, this random guy in the crowd starts jumping up and down and he's waving his hands and he shouts out, teacher, teacher. And then he says, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. What in the world does that mean? Well, apparently, uh, this guy is feeling that same feeling that almost all of us have, have felt before. He's feeling like he doesn't have enough money. He's feeling like he needs more money. And one of the ways that he's trying to get more money is he wants a larger share of the family inheritance. He, he's saying that his brother, probably his older brother, didn't give him his fair share. We don't know if that's true or not, but this guy is shouting out to Jesus to try to get Jesus to weigh in on this dispute. Well, uh, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't necessarily call that guy greedy. I mean, I, I would call him uh, annoying. I would call him rude for interrupting Jesus' sermon in that way. Uh, but he doesn't necessarily seem greedy to me. I mean, he, he needs more money and he feels like he's owed more money. So he's, he's trying to get what he's owed. Uh, and yet, and yet what we see here is that Jesus implies that he is guilty of greed. Uh, first, Jesus dismisses the guy's question and he says, look, I got no interest in getting involved in, in this financial dispute with you. And then Jesus turns to the crowd and he says this, he says, watch out. He says, guard yourselves against all kinds of greed. And I think when Jesus said that, people in the crowd probably like scratching their heads like, like Jesus, th this guy doesn't seem all of that greedy, you know, like, like you must be working with a very different definition of greed than, than we are. So Jesus, how are you defining greed? Well, well, then Jesus says this. He says, one's life isn't determined by one's possessions. One's life isn't determined by one's possessions. That's kind of a, a cryptic answer. That's kind of a, a confusing response. Um, here's what I think Jesus is driving at. Jesus is saying that, that greed is not just when somebody knows they already have enough and they still want more, but Jesus is saying greed is about trust. Greed is when we put too much trust in money. Greed is when we put too much trust in money. That when we have that feeling that, that we don't have enough, it might be the case that, yes, we generally don't have enough. But it might also be the case that we're, we're putting too much trust in what more money can do for us. We're putting too much trust in, in what more money can give to us. And when we're putting too much trust in money, that's what Jesus calls greed. Now that's a bit abstract, and so Jesus follows this up with a, a parable. Jesus says, let me, let me illustrate this for you so you can see how this works. He tells this story. Jesus says, once upon a time, there was this man who was very, very rich. In other words, compared to most other people, this guy was very, very 
wealthy. Quick side note here, uh, if you make more than $6 a day, most of the world would consider you to be very wealthy. Most of the world would consider me to be very wealthy. And it's worth thinking about. Uh, would Jesus consider us to be wealthy? Uh, I think so. Looking you know, globally at the whole human population, I, I think so. And that's good to bear in mind as, as we listen to this story. So there's this rich guy, Jesus said. He's, he's very wealthy. And uh, this, this rich guy, uh, even though he had a whole lot, he was worried that he didn't have enough. Even though he had a whole lot, he didn't feel like he had a whole lot. And the reason for that was this, this guy felt this lack of security in his life, and he felt this lack of fulfillment in his life, and he felt this lack of peace in his life. That was kind of his, his situation. Well, at the end of that particular year, Jesus says that uh, th this guy made a ton of extra money. Jesus puts it in agricultural terms because he's speaking to an agricultural group of people. And, and he says this guy had a, a bountiful crop, a, a great harvest. In our context, we could think of this as the guy got a huge year-end bonus or a, a massive raise or a windfall of, of some kind. And what did this rich man do with all of this extra money? Did he think to himself, like, I already have plenty. Let me figure out how I can give this away. How can I be a blessing to others? How can I invest in the work of God in the world or, or something like that? Well, no, not at all. The, the rich man felt like he needed all of this extra money because, and here's the kicker, because he was trusting that more money would give him this security and this fulfillment and this peace that he felt like he was lacking in his life. He trusted that more money could do that for him. And so he ended up keeping every single penny of this money. He kept it all to himself. Well, then what happened? Then what happened? Did the money do for him what he thought that it was going to do? Well, no. Jesus explains that that very same night, this guy ends up dying. He ends up dying. And in the face of death, his money is completely useless to him. His money is completely useless. Now, I think you can probably see the, the point of Jesus' story here, and I don't want to rub our faces in it, but I do think it's, it's worth us thinking about, honestly, how often do we do basically the same thing that this rich man did in the story? I mean, how often do we trust that more money is going to finally give us the sense of security that we want in life? I mean, yes, that there are some things, there are, there are some ways in which money can, can provide us security, right, for, for sure. But there are a whole lot of things that money can't secure us from. Uh, here's an example. I'm told that the, the richest man in the world currently is Elon Musk. Elon Musk apparently is worth about $219 billion. That's a lot of money. And in some ways, Elon Musk is more secure in life and more, uh, more secure in life than you and, and more secure in life than me. But it's worth noting that even though he's the richest man in the world, there's a whole lot of things that Elon Musk is not secure from. Elon Musk is just as vulnerable as you and me to things like heartbreak and pain and guilt and shame and, and fear. Money can't secure us from, from things like that. And you know, Elon Musk, he may have better doctors than we do. He may have access to, to better healthcare than we do, but he's still mortal, right? And just like the rich man in this story, and just like every single one of us, at some point, Elon Musk is going to die. He's going to go. And, and he's not going to be able to take one penny of that $219 billion with him when he goes. We can't take any of our money with us when we go either. Our money is useless in the face of death, right? 
And so the, the, the point is that if we're, if we're trusting money to give us this ultimate sense of security in life, we're, we're trusting money too much. And, and so guard against that, Jesus is telling us. Or, or think about this, how often, just like the rich man in this story, how often do we trust that, that more money is going to give us the, the fulfillment that we're lacking in our lives? Uh, we, we should know better than that if we think about it. You know, uh, Money can buy a lot of things, but, but it can't buy fulfillment. That's one of the reasons that we have the great resignation going on right now. You know, There was something about the pandemic that was so disruptive to our lives and, and it kind of caused us to confront our mortality in, in new ways. And, and something about the pandemic caused a whole lot of people to look at their careers and, and to decide that they were going to resign and that they were going to be willing to take a lower paying job that was actually more fulfilling to them. And that's why a whole bunch of people are, are resigning their jobs right now. So again, the point is, uh, if, if we're trusting that more money is going to give us a sense of fulfillment in life, we're, we're putting too much trust in money. And, and Jesus is telling us, guard yourself against that. Or think about this, you know, how often like this rich man in the story, do we trust that more money is going to give us a sense of peace in our lives? We should know better. We should know better. You know, in, in our family, um, I'm the one who typically does the grocery shopping each week. And so I have this weekly ritual where I'm waiting in line to get to the cashier to, to check out. And while I'm waiting in line, I see all these magazines on the shelf next to me. It's like People Magazine and all the tabloids and, and everything. And most weeks on the cover of these magazines are stories and, and photos of these people who have a, a ton of money, these famous people whose lives are a complete disaster. You know, they have a ton of money, but they're coming unraveled. They're doing all these things that are harmful to themselves and harmful to others, and they're making a complete fool of themselves in front of everybody. They have more money than you'll ever have. They have more money than I'll ever have. But what they don't have is peace, right? So, so if we're putting our trust that, that more money is going to give us this ultimate sense of peace in life, we're putting too much trust in money. So guard against that, Jesus says, because when we do that, that's the sin of greed. And Jesus is saying that, that, that greed is a sin because when we treat money with, with that much trust, we're actually treating money like God. We're, 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 we're making money our God. And, and that's a bad thing to do because money is a way worse God than God. Money is a way worse God than God. Unlike money, God is actually the source of our security. God is actually the source of our fulfillment. God is actually the source of our peace in life in ways that money could never provide for us. And, and when we keep that straight, it can save us from so much anxiety and fear and worry about our money. I want to give you kind of a, a practical takeaway for this that I hope will be helpful to you. This is something that has been helpful to me um, in my own life. Uh, and that is that the, the next time that you find yourself in that place where you're worried about not having enough money and, and you'll be back in that place again, I'll be back in that place again. It's like part of the human experience. Next time you're in that place, I would encourage you uh, to, to take a second to pause and to ask yourself this question. Is this really an enough problem or is this actually a trust problem? Is this really an enough problem or is this actually a trust problem? 
problem. In other words, am I feeling this way because right now I truly do not have enough money? And you know what? Sometimes the honest answer might be yes. I know some of you have been through seasons in your life when the honest answer was yes, I don't have enough. I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. I am really struggling. I'm in the middle of an actual financial crisis here. Uh, If that's any of you right now, uh, I want you to hear this. Please reach out to me please, because I want to be able to pray with you. I want to be able to to tell you that you're not alone. I have some resources that I think can help you. No shame. We can keep it confidential. Uh, But but I would love to to know that so that I could come alongside of you and and offer you the, the support that I can offer. If that's you, if you're in a place of legitimate financial need right now, that's not greed. That's not what Jesus is talking about here. But here's what Jesus knows, that for most of us, a lot of the time that the real problem, when we stop and think about it, the real problem is not that we actually don't have enough right now, but the real problem is that somewhere along the way, we started putting too much trust in money. And when we realize that, it's a really good thing for us because the the solution is actually pretty simple. When we catch ourselves putting too much trust in money, all we have to do is simply take our trust and put it back where it belongs. We take our trust and we put it back where it belongs. We take it away from money and we give it to God. We remember that God is the source of security in our life. God is the source of fulfillment in our life. God is the source of peace in our life in a way that money never can be. And when we remember that, it removes so much of the pressure that we often feel that we need to get more money in it. It frees us to be grateful. It frees us to celebrate what we do have. It frees us to think about how we can use what we do have to be a blessing to others, to, to share love with others. It frees us to think about how we can use what we already have to invest in the work that God is doing in the world. And as we do that, all of that is, is helping us to live the life that God wants for us, right? All of that is helping to to free us from stress and anxiety. It's a good thing for us. So in this passage, I think what Jesus is is really saying to us is, is, hey, uh, you need to to trust money less and and trust me more. Work on trusting money less and trusting me more. Jesus is saying to us, look, I'm right here. Regardless of how much money you have, if you have a little, if you have a lot, whatever, I'm right here. And, And I always will be. In the good times, I'm here, right? And I've got you. In the hard times, I'm here. And I've got you. In the times when money is plentiful, that's great. Celebrate that. That's awesome. Be generous with it. Be generous. I'm here and I've got you, Jesus says. Even in the lean times, even when it's tight, even when it's stressful, Jesus is saying, look, I am right here and I've got you. So so put less trust in money. It's not to say money's not important, but, but, but put less trust in money and put more trust in me, Jesus is saying. And, and when we do that, I hope you feel this, when we do that, it's, it's like this weight is being lifted off of our shoulders. God's got us. And Jesus, Jesus wants us to feel that weight being lifted off of our shoulders. And, and that's why, that's why Jesus warns us to, to guard ourselves against greed. Now, in closing here, 
Uh, I think it's worth pointing out that with all of these sins, greed and included, uh, we, we can't overcome this all by ourselves. You know, if we could overcome this all by ourselves, we wouldn't have need of a savior. We do need a savior. We do need Jesus because we can't overcome sin in our lives all by ourselves. So in closing here, let's take a moment to pray together that God would help us with the sin uh, of greed and, and the ways that it destroys uh, different parts of our heart and, and our lives. And let's pray that God would help us to overcome that so we could be free of, of anxiety and uh, so that we can live the lives that God created us to live. Let's pray. Oh, gracious and merciful God, um, we are so thankful to you for your steadfast presence with us, for your provision for us, for all that you have given to us. God, we confess that oftentimes we worry that we don't have enough. And, and sometimes, Lord, we go through seasons where that's true, where we actually don't have enough, where we're actually in a financial crisis. And Lord, I want to pray especially this morning for anybody who's in that situation right now. Lord, help them to know that you are with them. Help them to know that we are with them. God, give them the courage to speak up and to seek the help that they need. Lord, one of the ways that you support us and one of the ways that you lead us in, in life is you call us into communities of, of support and connection and, and care. So we pray for, for those in our midst who are really, really struggling today. God, at the same time, we, we acknowledge that, that oftentimes we, we do actually have enough, but we, we feel like we don't because we're, we're simply putting too much trust in money. We feel like we need more because we think once we get more money that that's going to solve our security uh, problems. That's going to solve our lack of fulfillment. That's going to solve our, our lack of peace in our lives. Lord, help us to be mindful that money is very limited in the ways that it can provide any of those things and that you are unlimited, God, that you are the true source of security and fulfillment and peace in our lives. Lord, uh, help us to trust money less and to trust you more. And as we do that, Lord, free us from this weight of stress about money. God, we thank you for this teaching, even though it can be a tough pill to swallow because you, we know that you give this to us for our own good and because you love us so deeply, you love us unconditionally. And so, God, we pray all of this in the name of the one who lived and died and rose again to save us from our sin. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, uh, just a couple quick things here for us before we go. If you're new to Kindred, I would love to connect with you. Uh, there's a link in the description that says connect. If you click on that, leave me some contact information. I'll reach out to you later this week, and I look forward to, to getting to know you. Um, also, if you're local, we would love to see you in in-person worship. You can get the info about how to do that uh, on our website, which is kindrednc.church. And then finally, as always, be sure to check out the announcements, which are linked in the description as well. Uh, That'll keep you up to speed on all the ways that you can get involved with our community if and when you're ready to do that. Well, friends, with that, uh, have a great week and may the peace of Christ be with you. Listeners, this free resource and all of Kindred's ministries are supported by the generosity of people like you. Your giving changes lives and it helps us to share and embody God's love. If you'd like to make a donation, you can do so on our website at www.kindrednc.church. Just select Give. You can find lots of ways to connect with our community on our website as well as on our social media pages. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time.